This podcast is part of the GWC Network. For more information on it or to check out some of our other awesome podcasts, visit us at galacticwatercooler.com. After the tone, enjoy the show. This is Save Eureka, podcast number five, Pilot. Welcome back, everybody. Hello! Welcome to this awesome episodeless episode. Hey, that's okay. That didn't take long, did it? (laughs) (laughs) That's all right with me. It sort of reminds me of when we were uh, talking about Battlestar Galactica back in the very beginning of GWC. Now, Eureka, wooden ships, go. (laughs) (laughs) And we started, uh, you know, we got into it and then almost immediately hit like the end of a a season or (laughs) semi-season or whatever you want to say. Was it like season 3.0 or something like that? Yeah, it's like, hey, and then it was over. Actually, actually, that's not true. We started with the webisodes, didn't we? Yes, you did. But still, I mean, it was the same kind of thing. You get to the end of, of a season, and it would start to space out. So that's the ultimate in flattery, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> we would watch a five-minute webisode, maybe five minutes, and we would talk for two hours about <laughs> yeah. a five-minute webisode. And, and that's when, like, most of the, you know, GWC listeners actually came on board, which oh, yeah. is kind of... Ironic. I, I feel kind of bad about that now. <laughs> Sorry, now you guys. see in this one, Ty's eye patch is slightly to the left, and I wonder what that'll be coming up in the next webisode. What's really funny though is that you know when I heard, oh, okay, back in two weeks with a new episode, I actually thought, well, that's not a big deal. Oh yeah, you remember? Remember back when it was like in four weeks, in eighteen months. <laughs> Yeah, in, no in kidding. Six months, maybe. Yeah, so when they did that trick, Next and fall, they had the you know the season ender, and it was like one year later. It really was like a year later. <laughs> <laughs> While we've been off the air, yeah. <laughs> I remember watching the the lead up to the end of that uh, season of BSG, and and uh, it was Starbuck returning or whatever, right? Uh, spoilers and. Uh, Oh yeah, it's, right. You know, like the first one of the first credits is like you know, creator Ronald D. Moore, and I'm like, oh, you did not just do that to us. Well, I don't, I don't get it. What was wrong with showing that RDM? No, the, was- the, like no, like I saw his name, and I'm like, that's the guy that's responsible for oh, this. Oh, oh, I thought you it's meant, like he like- left us with that <laughs> send off. I'm like, it's like, oh, look, Starbucks here. Eh, see you next year. One's like, oh, no, you didn't just put the creator's name up exactly. there. <laughs> it was like, you know, like it just him gritting. He's like, you mad, bro? <laughs> you mad, bro? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it just doesn't seem too bad. Yeah, these kind yeah. of hiatus I can handle. Hiatus. <laughs> I guess I that's correct, isn't it? Sounds I like a what? Korean car. <laughs> <laughs> They all do 2012 hiatus. So we thought in this one uh, that we would talk about, go all the way back and start by talking a little bit about the pilot. Yeah. You know, catch up a little bit already before we get into the off season. Yeah. You, you know, um, what I think is really interesting about the pilot is how much the flavor of the show has evolved over time. And oh. uh it starts out, I mean, pretty gritty, and, and like uh, Colin Ferguson had said in, a, in an interview he did with us on GWC, that they, I mean, speaking of Battlestar, that they were really heavily influenced by Battlestar when they first started, and, uh, you know, all the Eureka writers and everything were trying to kind of, you know, fit that mold of the grittiness. So the, the pilot of Eureka is actually quite a bit darker, I think, than uh the show's general feel yeah, kind of went right out of the window after that first episode didn't and i'm <laughs> glad it went out the window because you know it's a great show and they do humor really well you yeah i mean oh go ahead oh no i was just gonna say it's funny that uh you know i remember when we we showed the uh pilot to juan juan kind of said oh it's not bad and 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 i agree you know it wasn't it isn't nearly up to the kind of high standards of the later show but on the other hand as pilots go as pilot episodes it go, actually was yeah. pretty good which is yeah i mean when, when when you guys showed it to me i it was enough to kind of pique my interest but i'm like could you maybe show me another episode that you know is more yes, typical of the series um and actually going back and watching it again um i think what might have turned me off originally is that because they had that kind of dark side to it it wound up kind of actually being 
fairly um, inconsistent in tone. Like it kept switching back between the the kind of comedy and family feel yeah, that that it maintains. The show later. is now, yeah. and this kind of dark mystery that's you know malicious yeah, and stuff like that. It, it, swinging back and forth, I kind of just was like, well, what is this supposed to be? Yeah, it's a little bit awkward, I agree, in the beginning. And you could tell they were trying to find their feet. And uh, I remember still the uh, the scene where you see the basically freeze-dried cows, and they're, like, sliced yes. in half, you know? And there's something, like, you know, part of it is sort of fascination, you know, like, cool sci-fi fascination. But the other part of it is kind of like, that's kind of gross and, and huh. kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think that they did a really good job of, of balancing out the gross, you know, like, you know, Colin Ferguson said at uh, Comic-Con um, that fans really got upset and responded when uh, that one episode early on where they all get stuck inside uh, his house. Where the house. pizza guy dies. Yeah, the pizza yeah. guy dies. And it's hilarious at, at first, but it's a little, you know, it's yeah. it's a little rough. And <laughs> and I guess, you know, the people who had come to, you know, watch the show most uh, in a dedicated way all kind of responded and say, hey, yeah, we don't really want to go there. So... Yeah, it's it definitely really cool turned into more about about the characters than the the, the dark drama. Um, I, I I did. It's funny going back and watching it because there's almost kind of a bit of a ominous feel, like oh, what happened to the kid out of the back of the RV? And, <laughs> yeah, and I, I love how Carter just you know figures out that oh, there's the chocolate handprint and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and that is like true Eureka right there. Well, see, they did a great job of establishing the characters that, that stuck around. Isn't it interesting? Right. The show is there. When, when Yeah, like, you know, you get a lot of pilots that, you know, change very drastically from uh, when they t- turn <laughs> into a series. But... <laughs> you know, yes, no frontal you really nudity spend some in, time, in the, uh... though, figuring out what, uh, uh, what makes pilots what they are you know i it's only taken me like 20 years right because i watched i remember watching the the first episode you know of of next gen encounter at far point, encounter far point. <laughs> and and i did not watch next gen for like three years after that or four you know i was like what a bunch of crap you know and and missed out on a whole bunch of really good stuff and i've done that on and off for like 20 years before it oh, finally God. occurred to me the pilots are not representative i just realized that i've been doing that too i mean a couple days ago when we were on the plane I watched an episode of Hawaii Five O, the remake, and I think yep. it was the pilot episode. It didn't say for sure on the thing, but and it was really pretty, pretty out there, bad. And uh, I kind of I went on Twitter and I was like, "Oh, this show is crap!" Blah blah blah. And everyone's like, "Actually, it gets pretty good," and so on. And and I did the same thing. You know, it's probably not fair. Yeah, I I think in hindsight. 20 years of hindsight. I think think there are a couple of things that you have to keep in mind when watching a pilot, okay? This is from my own negative experience, right? One is that often the structure of the production of the show is not in place yet. So you end up with things like, for example, that Professor Warren King or whatever the hell his name was, right? Oh, the douche. He reminds me of, uh, what's his name in Real Genius? Yeah, well, and... Right. Oh, yeah, it's true. Um... (laughs) So he should, popcorn house would have been great guy. if they had him yes. play it, you know. Yeah. But but yeah. So you have these characters that that aren't going to work out, right? Or like with SG One, you have a situation where it's being produced for Showtime, and they and expect like, Showtime certain things. Expects boobs. Yeah. They, well, they, more they than took that. A, 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 you know, a shoot of softcore pornography and then decided, oh, you know what? Let's make a TV series out of it. <laughs> Give her a tiara, you know. Well, but <laughs> any way you look at it, you know, even if it's not that obvious, you still have things like that where there are a lot of people who have ideas about this and we haven't well, settled out on whose idea is really going to be the one we go with yet. Well, and the problem as well, too, is that you are attempting to introduce an entire universe and all of the characters within it in the span of one or two hours. And it's just... it will always get front-loaded with a lot of stuff that the writers don't necessarily want to put into a typical episode, but have to because otherwise you have no idea what's going on. Yeah, that was going to be my next one, which is is uh-huh. that. that yeah, I agree completely that you have to introduce. Uh, awesome. You know, it's like we have one brain between the two. <laughs> it's of like we have, we have the one brain. brain. <laughs> between us. So, yeah, yeah. I mean... You know, you have to, you have to, you have this like huge payload that that the poor episode has to carry, right? And you have to introduce all these characters. If you look back at them, they always do a good job with some characters and a crappy job with others. And there's no way getting around it. Like in Encounter at Farpoint, right? We got a pretty decent look at, at Picard. Kesha. 
but we got a crappy look at 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 uh, you know at Deanna Troy, for example. Paint again? Paint again? Yeah, that was it, right? <laughs> you know what's well, funny? I, 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 when I go back and watch it, I realize that she's actually doing something entirely different. She's, you know, she's acting out the emotions that she's sensing. Well, yeah, right. Because they didn't huge, know what the which hell is was going on. Which is a huge departure because you know you get into like season three and she's just like, I think that dude's bad. Yeah, yeah. It's funny to act. I was going to say real quick, I was watching a video the other day for a thing I was teaching and um, they were interviewing a Greek archaeologist, this woman, and uh, she was speaking and she sounded exactly like Marina Sirtis, like (laughs) the same accent. I was like, holy crap. Mm. Um, Not the moose and squirrel, but the, uh, you know, not the bad (laughs) Marina Sirtis doing the Russian and Stargate. But um, but yeah, I think that in the beginning they had Deanna Troy treated more like one of those. Uh, late night TV psychics or something, you know, like put her in purple <laughs> jumpsuit with big hair and she'll kind of go goggly eyed and, and she'll be like, oh, oh, and very dramatic and, and throw herself around. And then I think they realize that people don't respect that. And, you know, if she's going to be like, exactly. Yeah. Like paid again. Right. And don't get with that man. He only wants you for your money. <laughs> and then, and, and then number three is that, the production value is always lesser because there's never that full-on commitment to that first episode. So they always have to make more with less. Right. Right. And yeah, I they mean, don't even know if it's going to work. You get lucky. <laughs> and, and, and in the Eureka pilot, they blew it all on Henry's garage. Well, right. Worth like, it. <laughs> one of the big differences that you notice in this is the downtown, right? It's a different downtown. Yeah, it, it's actually a real downtown. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's a real literally one. two hours drive north of me. <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna have to visit that at some point. But it's That's like awesome. making a list. Yeah, hell yeah. But they just have to. They have to. Like in that case, they had to shoot at a place that was available because they couldn't afford to build one for something that might not go. You know. You know what else is interesting is the. Uh, well, I guess I already said it. You know, the flavor is different. But uh, Carter, when he shows up, um, he's kind of like. You know how Carter becomes like the kind of everyday guy that you really like and he's he's a little goofy and you know he's there's a lot of physical humor like the, our favorite Carter moments where something bad's going to happen or fall on him or his jeep huh. or something and he's like no and it's just hilarious but the original Carter that we see is a little bit less that way he's more um I guess sophisticated and a little bit more I don't want to say smug but like suing yeah. well sure said. of himself you know, and when when Allison kind of power plays with him or whatever, he's, you know, he's kind of sharp and kind of what's the word like shrewd. You know what I mean? And and Carter is not really that type of guy. Yeah. Well, and that was going to be number four, which is that, and the last one, incidentally. <laughs> You're just making this up. Again. I'm not <laughs> number seventy two. <laughs> the last one I was going to say is that the things that make at least me, and I think you guys too, having talked to you a lot about TV shows. The thing that made one of the things that makes you really love them are the deep relationships between characters. And when you don't know who they are or where they're going, you're not going to have that. You're going to try, but but you just can't establish it in the pilot. You can't. It's not possible. Well, it's it's funny that already they're for for a pilot, they're already doing a great job at establishing those yeah. relationships. Like you know, between uh, Carter and Zoe and. You get a little bit of, uh, you know, interplay between uh, Henry and Carter and, you know, um, what's her name is creepy as she is. Oh, Beverly. Oh, Beverly. Oh, I, saw Beverly. I saw Beverly on a TV show the other day. And I'm like, Chuck, look, 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 look. <laughs> it's freaky Beverly. See, yeah, that's that's totally, uh, it, you know, looking back at these four things and the Eureka pilot. I think that they did better than average on all of them, you know, and trying to deal with it. Like, like production value seemed quite high, even though there were some big things yeah, missing. Sure. Like, they did a good job of establishing some deep character relationships, even though it's impossible to establish most of them. You know, and, and just, just looking back. <laughs> I just realized cool something. The, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. The dog. The dog is boxy. <laughs> <laughs> Oop, gone. Sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm the tin dog. <laughs> I think he is awesome. Yeah. He is. He is. My favorite line ever. A Smith's I, got a what's wrong with a van? I once saved the universe with a big yellow truck. <laughs> yeah, that's one of his best lines. It's the best line <laughs> ever. Watch Doctor Who, if you haven't, by the way. Uh, yeah, 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 totally. But, uh, uh, that's actually a good point is that, you know, also with Mr. Single Female Lawyer, and I call him that because he was, you know, on Ali <laughs> McBeal, um, he, awesome. he wasn't really working all that well in the pilot. 
Yep. And so they got rid of him. And I'm not sure if that's why they got rid oh, of him. Oh, you mean him, the head of GD in the... Yeah, the original head of GD, yeah. Mr. Uh, Turtleneck. Ugh. Got rid of him. And, Are you sure it you wasn't know, a dicky? <laughs> it could have been. <laughs> How would we know? Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> what's his name? It is God. <laughs> <laughs> what's his name, Chuck? Kent. Kent, yeah. <laughs> in his big this plastic Jesus rim glasses. Kent. Yeah. I would think of Randy Quaid in the <laughs> Oh man. Yeah, I it's funny though. Uh I like in a way that the Carter was sort of more together and then less together later on. He becomes more sort of folksy. But I I always like to think in hindsight that 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 happened that that Eureka did that to him that yeah. that he was more urban at the beginning and then he as he sort of settled into being the town sheriff, he started reverting to a more core way of thinking you know you know what's interesting too is the relationship with zoe is set up in the, from the beginning as though he's been a little bit distant you yeah. know and not maybe not the greatest dad and he later on becomes like an awesome dad oh, yeah. and maybe that's part well, of it too is the, the in, in that effect. case yeah he's he's already on edge because he's having to escort his uh, estranged daughter yeah and you know it's like he's dealing with a bunch of stuff he has no idea about and you know when you don't give carter all the information he tends to get a little uh aggravated which is always (laughs) which exactly right so um and and you know he also doesn't have the respect for anybody in that town yet so right you know you're not really seeing him from the from the uh from the focus that you know you get from the rest of the series seeing him in the suit and the scrub at our best yeah he looks great in that navy suit and that like little quarter inch of stubble. Awesome. <laughs> you know what's yeah. funny? In the last few weeks, I mean, right before the episode where he goes back into a suit, you know, the week before, you were like, you know, I like how Carter looked in the pilot with the suit. And then, like, next week, he's in a Bam. suit. And then you're like, you know, I want some more Zane man boobage. And, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everything and then I next say, week, you know, you get full frontal on Zane, right? <laughs> You know, uh, I was thinking about the different characters and how they're kind of um, exaggerations or sort of extreme versions of, of an aspect of themselves in the beginning. I mean, this is obviously in hindsight, but like, for example, um, we talked about Carter, how he's kind of like on edge and sophisticated and, and urban and stuff. And that's like an aspect of him. But later on, he softens quite a bit, becomes folksy. Uh, Joe is portrayed up front as this kind of uh, gun polishing you know, kind of like, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I she, do. Yeah, she's. Well, they're they're yeah they're taking the defining characteristics of each character and just amplifying them so right, much in right. the pilot. They're like, like caricatures. This is who this person is, and this is who this person is. We'll get to their backstories later. Yeah, yeah, they're like characters. I'm just my words are running out because I guess I haven't had enough coffee. But, but yeah, she's you know she's polishing her guns and she's all like yeah tough and trying to prove something. And Zoe's like ultra teenage like rebel and annoying and you know always doing things to make her dad mad. And even uh, Vince is kind of a clown, you know. And well, it, yeah. it's so cool. That, oh, I know. I mean, this well, is I'm, how it has to be. But I love how. I mean, don't don't forget as well that you had like Fargo being an absolutely minor character in the pilot. Yeah, that didn't last. Like he, he was not a major player at all. <laughs> right. He was sniveling assistant boy. Yeah, that didn't fly. Less than Larry. Yeah, yeah I don't was... think there even was a Larry at that point. No, I mean, less than what Larry becomes. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I love thinking about how we've seen these characters and just this little snippet of caricature, because it, it gives you an insight into maybe what they imagined about them. And, you know, it's so exciting. It's like a giant sandbox. And they're like, we have these characters, and this person's like that, and this person has this attitude, and so on. And you can see them just developing like a drawing that gets filled in with more detail over time. Yeah, I was thinking about, you know, it seems pretty, I guess it's not surprising. We had a couple of character changes right after the pilot, right? Uh, You know, Professor Warren King, he was gone, and instead we got Stark, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Right. And, and Nathan Stark comes in to replace him, and he has a lot more personality and is a lot more interesting and is, is very eureka. And by that, I mean he is likable, but he has issues. 
you know, which is almost everybody in Eureka that sticks. Yeah, is he's, like a, that, he's a great you know? source of tension too. I mean, oh, with this yeah. big relationship with Allison and and you yeah. like him, but you don't. You know, he's kind of a dick, but he's kind of cool too. You know, and and he 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 gets in the way of things, but he also is a good guy to have on your side at the right time. You know, and is willing to, as we see later, uh, you know. Make sacrifices if required in multiple timelines. You, you know, know, I never said this before, I don't think, but, and tell me if you think I'm wrong or, or if you pick up on any of this, but I always felt like Nathan Stark's interactions with Allison's son, Kevin, were somehow just not on. Like, I, I felt like I didn't believe that he really cared about Kevin all that much. And he supposedly cared about him so much that he treated him like his own son, but I never really believed that. You know what I think it is? I think it's that it's that he thinks about I think that the Nathan Stark never had a kid. So right. the way he approached it was he put the kids' welfare ahead of his own, but he wasn't particularly friendly or knew how to interact with him. I mean, if right. it came down to it, he'd lay his own life down for the kid. But but he doesn't interact with him very well. He doesn't whereas, know how to talk to him. Right, whereas yeah. Carter who had a kid and 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 we presume you know at least had some time with her growing up knew how to interact with him and actually you know connected with him both in the autistic period and the non-autistic alternate timeline period interacted with him much more on a normal parent-child basis and yet you know yeah. also felt the same way stark on a very kind of you know technical level is looking out for allison's kid it's all he knew how to do and carter is looking after him yeah yeah right yeah, because yeah. it's the difference between That's you well know said. this is what's best for you and you know being there for him yeah yeah that is well said thank you yeah i don't i think i i don't think it was because you know one was a that they that stark was necessarily a bad guy i think he just didn't know how to do anything other than that that was what he knew right yeah he's kind of the uh like emotionally kind of a hindered guy or something, you know, like he, even with Allison, you can see like he really loves Allison, but he just doesn't really express it. In, in the right. Room. And yet when it comes down to it, like I said, I mean, he'll, you know, he'll, his heart's in the right place. You he know? tries so hard to express himself and out just pops another ab muscle. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was why, uh, what's his name? Greg German or whatever, who played, uh, Warren King. He's, I think that's it. They just, they had all these shirtless scenes planned and they're like, this guy's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> we just yeah. Maybe gotta, he had a little man boob or something and they just, he's got to go, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I was thinking about it, surprisingly few characters, right? I mean, just go away. And, and, and the majority of them of course are people who just aren't that important to the series overall. I'm glad the Petersons go away because I thought that they were annoying. Every <laughs> oh, single one of them. Yes, and how? They, yeah, they were pretty. They were pretty damn lame. I did kind of miss the original sheriff, though. He seemed like a pretty decent guy. Oh yeah, he was cool. The yeah, sheriff cool. was a good guy. He was just. I mean, he can't be there for the show to even. He'd be work. like Doctor Kelso, like hanging out in the hospital for like years <laughs> after, just a dig. That with was awesome, though. <laughs> yeah, but he—I mean, he—he's a good guy. It's kind of funny yeah. because he seems like he doesn't really know what's happening, and of course, they set up this kind of cool interaction between him uh, and and Carter at the very beginning, where Carter thinks he's kind of a putz at first because he doesn't act like Carter. Yeah, because he doesn't seem very uh, alert, and yet. In the end, that's exactly what we were talking about changing in Carter when he sticks around is that he starts to to relax in some ways and become more astute in others. And realize you know? what's really important and, yeah, to look at the things that aren't obvious. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's another scene, like when the original sheriff gets caught in that um, yeah, vortex that or whatever scary. and his legs yeah. are, you know, buried in it. And you're oh. thinking, like, you're watching the pilot and you're like, is this guy going to die? Like, is this a kind of show where people just die a lot and I'm not supposed to be too upset about yeah. it? Yeah. Or am I supposed to be upset? I'm not sure. I think they know? were figuring that out too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they, I'm glad they decided the way they did. You know, because I just don't feel like Eureka would have been near as as great if it yeah there, had tried to be you know a dark show. Yeah, there, there's a lot of shows on on the air that you know there's just so much death in there that you kind of get numb to it. And I like that you know this this show is focusing more on 
characters than body count. Yeah. I was just thinking of uh, Troy and Community. Britta makes a comment. They're playing this video game where they're like slaughtering villagers and they're like, ha look, you know, he just used his head as a cereal bowl. And she's like, that's awful. And he's like, girls are so undesensitized. (laughs) (laughs) Man, that's a funny episode. Isn't that the one where the, um, they're, they're, um, uh, it's the one the, the guy from Dollhouse, the guy who plays Victor in Dollhouse. Yes, plays, yes, there we go. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah. Never mind. <laughs> my, like, my words are gone too. I am. Like, not yeah, he's a, he's an awesome guy, which means you can't bone him. You just guaranteed <laughs> she's gonna bone him. <laughs> I was just thinking about how how you know they managed to establish everyone, and then the minute that they're able to write ahead a little bit all of the characters in Eureka begin to deepen immediately. You know, like I think the biggest change we see is Zoe right off the bat. Zoe becomes, you know, she, she just transforms in the it's next episode. It's amazing how young she looks. In oh, that. I know. Like, and how young she's acting in, in her character. Like she is the quintessential, uh, like bratty teenager. Yes. And then immediately she becomes like ahead of her years. But I, I find Zoe's development really believable because yeah. it, even though there's some fast catching up right at first, her development and, uh, you know, maturity and everything over time is actually really like steady. And she just developed like it, it's just I love the way they do it because you really believe that she's turning into this young woman who's going to oh, yeah. come back and I be mean, super you, valuable. You live, you get, if you live in a village or in a city where, you know, basically everybody there is encouraging for to develop and to you know grow and the the entire town is basically you know uh, uh, an incubator an incubator right exactly you know you you spend enough time in that and you're gonna wipe out all of those kind of teenage insecurities you know like oh my god you know i'm not i mean we see uh, episodes like that where she's like no i'm not gonna try i'm not smart and they're like um you know, you are like one of the higher testing students. And, That's and like, awesome. Maybe she was bratty because nobody took her seriously before this. And then... And we see how her mom interacts with her. It's not quite the same. It's you not know, maybe bad, her mom but didn't it's not, yeah. That or, and maybe moving... I always thought that her moving to Eureka really just opened the door for her. And I think... And, and this is why it all made sense. Because so often you feel like they're just pushing pieces around on a board in the pilot. And they weren't with this one. You know, like... like I think Carter decided to stay because of her. Like he felt like this is a place that will be good for her and we can be together. So I'll stay. I don't even know if I want to do this, yeah. but I'm going to stay. And I don't think she would have turned out. Um, you know, she's in medical school right now and, yeah, Harvard, and yeah. current part of it. Right. I, I don't think she would have had that happen. Had she, you know, just been, you know, in some normal public school and kind of lost in the system. Yeah. And I think that that's what they're getting at too. I mean, they come from LA right? Which is the second most populous city in the U.S. And and then they go to this town, which is, you know, not even on the map. And she gets all this attention and she finds out all these great potentials that she has. I love it when she gets into Harvard later, though, you know, and they're like, didn't you have like a a B average or something? And she's like, yeah, but this is Eureka. That's like, you know, a 5.0 to the rest of the world. (laughs) (laughs) In a way, that's true, too. You know, I I think that's something that that people don't really talk about in college a lot. I just went back a while ago, so it's kind of been interesting relearning some yeah, of that stuff. Yeah, started taking some classes again. And- yeah, and it's funny that that nobody really tells you that that you know people will say, "Well, GPA is and everything," which you think means I don't have to focus on my GPA, which is not true, but rather that there are other factors. Like, for example, coming from a really you know first class college with a high GPA is or a slightly lower GPA is could very well be better than a very high GPA where from a not very respected college. So the idea of her coming from Eureka. Yeah. You know, the B or yeah. What the hell? I could totally see that. That seems completely reasonable to me. I, I think it basically all comes down to, to environment is that, you know, as, as many, um, you know, not, not to knock, I'm going back, not to but that I'm knocking all public schools or whatever, but you know, if you're surrounded by people that are encouraging you to do your best versus 
to do to to match you know what the system tells you is adequate then you know when when you have people that inspire you like you know she has in eureka then i mean you you pretty much are guaranteed to succeed if you put your effort into it yeah, I mean, it just makes sense, too. If you're coming from a big urban area, there's more uh, likelihood of falling through the cracks than if you're in a small town, right? Right. And, you know, and I, I have to admit, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm kind of very much against the private school is good, public school is bad sort of thing. But That's I, never a black and white argument. Absolutely, it? yeah. But the one thing is certain, though. One thing is black and white. Eureka, better than the rest. <laughs> I mean, because it's fictional, of course. It's this place where, you know, where, you know, right in the beginning of the first episode, you run into a kid that's studying, you know, theoretical physics yeah. or whatever, and he's like 10. You know that this is a place that whatever the hell... Those books are way too advanced for her. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I thought, too. I immediately see the alien hanging from the, you know... Or do we owe little Kevin an apology? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's not snarling. He, you know, he's sneezing. He's he ain't no real threat there. <laughs> Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, and I guess it's funny, you know, technically, I suppose it is a public school. <laughs> Eureka. Well, yeah, I guess so, so, yeah. It's government funded, probably, right? It sure is, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Somehow it's not compared. school. Yeah, right. Totally. Yeah. Totally. You know, I, another thing that's really cool about this first episode is how it is it is a very Eureka episode. Like, right at the beginning, we've got them seeing themselves leaving as you as you come in and then tying it back to that's just so eureka that's every eureka episode has a twist like that and it's cool it's it's funny to show the arc even in that episode where you know when they're driving into the town you know she's in the back seat you know behind the bars or whatever and and when they're leaving she's in the front seat and you know waving and all happy and stuff and like even even in this episode, oh, when they see themselves, you mean? Yeah, yes. She's, oh, that's awesome! I yeah. didn't even I no, didn't totally. pick up on that. And then you know that's why I figured that's why they put the hood scoop on the car was to make it really clear because yeah. you can actually see it at the beginning if you look. Uh-huh. Uh You can. Oh, I had not noticed that. I'm gonna have to go back and watch it again because I was like, why did they put that scoop on the hood? I mean, so it would really be clear that anything. it was them going by. You mean exactly? I think that. I mean, at first I thought, what are they just trying to make it clear that they souped it up? You know, but then they open the hood and they show us the big, you know, magic engine and everything. So you think. I, I figure they did that so you know you saw it when they come by in the beginning and you, you're you're very clear that it's it's the later car you know. You right. know what's funny? I like Carter and the Jeep better too, and I think that was part of the character <laughs> development. I don't, if I remember right, they don't tell us what happens to that car that Henry like, you know, puts all this time into souping up for him and specializing, and then it just kind of goes away. Yeah. And he's driving around this Cherokee, and uh, but I like the Cherokee because I, I think if you were to look at the reputation or the the kind of character of a Cherokee, it's Carter. Yeah, it is. You know, it's sort of rugged. It's not it's real not, fast, but it's real yeah, durable. It's not super fast. <laughs> it's not like super expensive with all kinds of fancy crap on it. It's, it's kind of durable. It goes places. Yeah. It's very, a lot of high utility. It's very practical. Mm-hmm. It's a good looking vehicle, you know, but not like full of itself. Yeah, I, I'd like to think that um, <laughs> yeah. that the old sheriff swapped cars. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'll be taking this. <laughs> Well, maybe uh, maybe his prosthetic foot needed like a different uh, accelerator. Car. Or something. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, we had a couple of calls. If you would like Ooh, to take those as calls. well, let's hear it. Hi, DWC. I'm calling to thank you for putting on the Savior Rika podcast. They're fantastic. I just finished listening to the one following the of Mites and Men episode where you took a listener call suggesting that fans start a sponsor campaign to save the show, similar to what was done to save Chuck with the Subway Sandwiches chain. Um, had an idea that I wanted to share with you. It, one of the sponsors that was mentioned um, who supports Eureka fairly heavily is Hershey's. They run a number of ads for the Kit Kat and Reese's candy. Uh, so here's the idea fans buy one of those products, or even better, several Hershey's products, then they email the Hershey marketing czars to tell them what product they bought and politely say they did it in support of the effort to save Eureka. Even better, they would mention that they had seen advertisements for Hershey products during the show. I posted the email addresses for Michelle Burke, Chief Marketing Officer, and Jay Cooper, Vice President of Chocolate Marketing at Hershey's, 
on your forum uh, for Save Eureka at galacticwatercooler.com. If it's kosher to put those on the air, they are M-B-U-R-K at Hershey's.com and J-C-O-O-P-E-R at Hershey's.com. Or snail mail would work, too, to the Hershey's Company, 100 Crystal A Drive, Hershey, Pennsylvania, 17033. Fans like it. Hopefully they'll get others involved, and we'll get this campaign going. Thanks much. I think that sounds like a great idea. Wow, that is awesome. And that is a lot more doable than, um, you know, buying Subaru in bulk. Well, yeah, (laughs) what am I supposed to do with all these Subarus that I bought the last few weeks? I could use one. Could you send one my way, man? Uh, (laughs) Customs, you know. Oh, yeah, crap. (laughs) You know, that's a really cool idea. Um, Buying Subarus? (laughs) Well, buying the chocolate, because I was thinking, you know, even though... um, you know, some people like us might be saying, well, I can't eat all that chocolate because I'm yeah, trying to be it careful. To your give it to people. Yeah. Yeah. Give it to someone else. I mean, bring it in for a, a coworker, or, you know, as a gift. I mean, Halloween's coming. The, the secretary at your office. Oh, yeah. Oh. That works really well. Yeah. At- attach a tag on to the candy bar as well saying, check out this show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and I think, you know, I think that uh, the the trick to what happened with Chuck and I think with everything that we do as well is that. You know, the the old standard, you catch more flies with honey than vinegar, right? Rather than uh, being negative about the cancellation of the show or anything like that, be positive about the the show and what it's done and, and, and what it's done for advertisers and what it's done for us and so on, you know? Um, we, when we started the podcast, you know, we, we, we purposefully, uh, decided that rather than, uh, starting a podcast to bitch about the show being canceled, we would start a podcast to celebrate the show and why it's so great and what matters to us about it, you know? And, and I think this works with the marketing campaign as well. Like if you decide to do this and I think I'm going to try it, um, when you send your email, you know, tell them that you appreciate their support so far as well. And that it means a lot to you and that the show is is important to you and that, that you're willing to vote with your dollars because of their support already. And, uh, you know, and, and I think that that's the kind of thing that, that builds that sort of, uh, you know, openness that allowed allowed the Chuck Subway campaign to work. You know, it wasn't like uh, we're going to hate you if you cancel this or if you let this go. It was more like. Hey, sponsor, you know, we appreciate what you did and it matters to us. And this is going to work if you want to stay, well, that's, stay involved. That's it exactly. The people that are funding the uh, funding the show is really when it comes down to it is the advertisers. And, you know, they're not going to pay any attention to any hate hate mail that's coming into the show because <laughs> they don't really care. I mean, all they really I mean, all they really care about is, you know, is our product being marketed for the amount of money that we're paying to market it? And if if they if they see a positive return, they're going to re up. I mean that that's it exactly. It's just that you know they want to see the money, and you know go buy a candy bar and tell them that you did. Yeah, I, I was thinking too that this really applies uh, to sci-fi as well. You know the 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 SIFI, you know the network, which is I, I think that. It's it's so easy to just join the the crowds that scream about all the canceled shows and and you know uh, it's hard because in some cases shows end you know and and in others they end too soon and uh, regardless of of how we feel about that I think that throwing another uh, you know piece of hate mail on the pile just isn't going to do anything oh no and and I think that that uh, approaching this from a positive standpoint. Uh, Will and and especially Eureka of all shows that 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 are I mean the whole show is about positive thinking you know it's about uh, it's about getting a second chance it's about uh, making things better it's about forming good relationships I mean it would just be wrong to to be negative in the name of of Eureka you know <laughs> yeah I know what you mean and, and and if you're still aggravated I mean we still do have another entire season of episodes to watch Woo-hoo! so you know. Be at least, be at least uh, you know, excited for that. Oh, it, hell yeah. And it's freaking peanut butter cups. Worst case scenario, <laughs> we get like freaking awesome more. We get we get more content. I mean, it's it's awesome. The worst case yeah. scenario, you get more peanut butter cups. <laughs> I could see. Sean how- alone could like <laughs> finance half the campaign. <laughs> that man you know, knows his peanut Dr. butter Pepper cups. If they sponsor, then, you know, I mean, it would already be re-upped. Right? Yeah. Probably, yeah. The yeah. state of Texas would have. Uh, I cleared out the uh, Frisco yeah. Costco. 
Ah, oh, we already did that. How do you think GWC keeps going? Caffeine and alcohol. Mostly just caffeine yeah, for a while. Yeah, pretty much. We record pretty late at night, so <laughs> alcohol would be bad. Alcohol would be like... Although if you mixed it with caffeine, it might not be so bad. I Caffeinated did alcohol. I used to do that. Caffeine. I used to do that. We have another call, too. Hey, this is uh, Soleil, and I thought I would call in and do a dramatic reading of a blog post I wrote over two years ago on the subject... Eureka. So, your DVR is empty. You've probably rewatched the DVD of a favorite show and have added an extra movie to your Netflix subscription to fill the void, right? Why on earth wouldn't you want to catch fresh new content in the form of one of the funniest and new shows out there? On a random Tuesday night in 2007, a show called Eureka premiered on Sci-Fi to an audience of 4.1 million. Following the classic fish-out-of-water archetype, the show features Colin Ferguson as the everyman Sheriff Carter, a normal beer-and-cereal-for-breakfast kind of guy surrounded by fracking geniuses. He finds himself in a town called Eureka, which is home to the best and the brightest scientists in the world who are given free reign to do what they do best, create mind-bending inventions, reinvent the wheel, and try not to alter the timeline, blow stuff up, bring the world to an end, or other such nuisances. The show is at its best when it doesn't take itself too seriously and has something so many shows lack. Heart. Ignore anyone who says this is sci-fi light or fluff. This is character-driven dramatic comedy. It's exactly the opposite in tone from Battlestar Galactica. It's bright, it's cheery, and there's always hope, even during the occasional invasion of nanites. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Love the cast. Take care. In a world, <laughs> it's a blog post. Wow! And I remember that post too. And I remember yeah. it was long yeah. before I was watching Eureka, and uh, and I remember reading it and thinking, you know, I won't tell you what I was thinking well, because Soleil it was is, bad. Soleil is one of those people who's done a great job of recommending some of the best shows I've ever seen. And yeah, and and he's totally uh, just like me in that. You know, he'll recommend them and then he'll miss the recommendation, you know, and and it's funny because he and I both, I think, at this point are aware of those limitations. Like, I know, I know that I've blown it with shows like 50 times, right? Everything. Big Bang Theory. <clears throat> exactly. There's a great, I mean, we could name 10. Oh, yeah, totally. Around. Even Sarah Connor Chronicles. I mean, by the yeah. time we got around oh, to that, it was yeah. canceled and we were like, no. So many Everyone's things. like, I've been telling you for months. And Yeah, exactly. And, and. And I think we're both struggling to not do that anymore. And you can't help it because sometimes you just don't get it until oh, a little too late. You know which one I know? wasn't interested in for the longest time was How I Met Your Mother. Oh, yeah, it me sounded, too. Uh, like I just had, I was like, my eh, God, it's dumb. Whatever. You know, blah, blah, blah. And then you start watching it and you're like, this is awesome. Hey, guys, check it out. Hey, guys. Hey guys. And they're like, yeah, we know. Yeah, it's, <laughs> and, and then they're split even. Like half the people are like, yeah, I know. I've, I've done this for three years, you know. And then they're the, they're the people that are just like you from before that are like, that's stupid. You're like, no, no, it's great, man. They're not stupid, you know. Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> look at the scope that it's supposed to be in. I mean, it's it's a network comedy. It's it's It, it may be popcorn, but it's. You know, sometimes popcorn's all right. <laughs> Damn straight. And uh, and and Soleil's blog post. Um, Soleil incidentally is our producer on GWC, and it's awesome that he called in yeah. on this. And he, you know, his blog post was so on point back then. It's fun going back and listening to it now, <laughs> much later. I told you thusly. <laughs> I informed you thusly. I informed you thusly. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, and it's true. You know, and he really just hits it square on and, and it's he's so right, you know. So Lay recommends something to you, you, you you gotta you gotta act on it. Yeah, it's pretty funny. He was uh he was recommending Archer, which I wasn't a huge fan of and and we watched uh, some of it out in uh yeah, we were out in uh, L.A. actually, and and ended up watching like three, four, five episodes back to back. And I was getting some work done. I was kind of half watching it. Me too. There yeah. were a lot of like laugh out loud moments. It was a little. I think I'd have to get used to it because. Yeah, but uh, but already I could tell. <laughs> I could tell that I had a different view of it than I did when yeah. when I watched one. You know, after he recommended it the first time. Although there was one quote that Chuck and I busted up at so bad. Like, it was one of those moments where you're like, okay, we might have just been sold. Uh, There's this old woman, and she's talking about immigrants or whatever. And 
what did she say? She's like, it's all the immigrants' fault. All they do is drive around and uh, listening to the listen, listening to the reps and shooting all the jobs. <laughs> <laughs> it's such great satire, you know. It's just it's perfect satire. I gotta check that out. Yeah, it's kind of funny. It's, it's pretty of, offensive. It's very offensive to say the least. But, I, I, I listen to a lot of Kevin Smith podcasts, so I'm. I'm pretty much desensitized at this point i i think it's it, well i mean it, well it's offensive in some different it's ways different, yeah. yeah it's not yeah. like for example the movie the aristocrats is offensive because of um <laughs> like just lewd content you know but archer right. is offensive in different ways because it, it plays with things that are like it plays with fire like it plays with misogyny and racism and, and things that are and it rides the line with satire i mean you it's not hard to tell sometimes whether they're just dicks or, or if whether when you laugh you're a dick or whether if right. you're laughing at the dicks you know it's right. it can be tricky but but worth it worth checking out regardless so it's know? one of those things like if you're kind of feeling grumpy or whatever you don't want to watch it you know you want to watch it when you <laughs> are feeling very very open and, and relaxed and like willing to laugh at things and then you i think because <laughs> i was like stressed out i'm like trying to get some work done and and I'm like, I don't want to watch this. This is this is not cool, you know. And then I hear some of the lines, and I'm like, hey. <laughs> <That> one, <laughs> we just completely like busted yeah. out when that one happened. You're like listening to the raps and shooting all the jobs, and we're like, <laughs> <laughs> really? Damn, that's fantastic. I'm laughing because Audra is wearing her "I Love New New York" shirt. Yeah, the the oh, heart nice. is actually uh, the Green Planet Express ship. It's a black T-shirt, and it says with the big white capital letters, and then the Green Planet. You know, Express. there's only the I heart N Y. Right. Yeah, and, and it's then, like I Planet Express ship and N Y. <laughs> oh, cool! And uh, I actually had I I have a you know a, a second like a part time job tutoring writing and. Um, I kind of, I don't dress up for that job. I probably should, but I, I dress up when I teach. So I, you know, and I wore this today when I went in, into tutor and uh, one of the ladies at the office was like, oh, did you go to New York? <laughs> and there was a student standing there uh, with like dyed red hair and this big grin on her face. And I'm like, you get it? And she's like, I love Futurama. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, you know, that is one of the core parts of geekdom is just, there's something really special about sharing those connections. It's the reason that we quote movies and the reason that we wear what there's just been this explosion of shirt of the day sites that holy oh, crap, yeah. that's going to break us all that have I have the, a large array of T fury shirts at this point. Yeah. And I, I love that. Basically nobody that I work with gets any of them. <laughs> I mean, I had somebody come up. Oh, Gallifrey and ale. Okay. Um, so what's that like? Oh man, damn! <laughs> you, you just don't get it. It's timey wimey wibbly wobbly. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> wibbly timey wimey. That's what it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, it'll bankrupt me though. I mean, th- there's it'll so break many us good all, man. There. It'll break us all. I don't know how many people I've heard recently lamenting that they just have no money and that there are like four new shirts. Out well, that's the, last the problem with that T-Fury. You're either lamenting that you have no money left to buy the shirt or you're <laughs> lamenting that you missed the one that you really wanted. Oh, yeah. You're not kidding. It's like, no, 24 hours only. And now it's gone. <laughs> yeah. I can never that's, get that, that, that Statler like or you know, Adama and Ty shirt anymore. <laughs> <laughs> It is like crack. I mean, they give it to you. It's like only $10. You're like, $10? That's really good. Usually places want like 20 and, you know, and this is really cool and I can't find this design anywhere else. And, uh, you know, I'll just get a couple of them and, you know, suddenly... So you know you've spent 100 Suddenly bucks. you're shivering and, you know, lying in the fetal position, you know, wrapped in a stack of t-shirts and... Yeah. I, have a, I have a nerd herd one. Nice. That one's awesome. It's like, I, it's I like the silhouettes that. of Chuck and uh, Jeff and Lester. I should have bought that one. Yeah. There's the one with the DeLorean crashing into the TARDIS. I I have the one where the DeLorean is uh, kind of crashing out of the shirt. Nice. Yeah. I had that one too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, guys, we should probably wrap up. Uh, Audrey, you got anything to say at the end of this podcast? I just want to thank the caller who uh, recommended the Hershey's campaign. I think that uh, we'll do a a little looking into it. Uh, We'll go back and follow up on her... um, you know, post on the forum. Yeah. The post was in the previous episodes thread. So okay. if you go check it out there, it's uh, it's some pretty good information. Yeah. You can go straight to the forum at forum.galacticwatercooler.com or you can just go to galacticwatercooler.com and the forum is under community. Sweet. Juan. 
Well, thank you everybody for listening. And uh, I, I just, I can't wait for the, uh, you know, in two weeks when we, when we get our uh, season finale two part over the two weeks or whatever. See, my words are just completely gone at this point. So that, that's, I'm done. That's why we have Soleil. Exactly. <laughs> call, Soleil, you can call in with dramatic blog post <laughs> readings at any time. And then over here, I have my mug of liquid dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> Although it's cold now, so Aww. I need to nuke it. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would I would like to thank both callers, and I would like to point out again that I I think you know one of the main reasons that we do the podcasts and and every week this one and the others is is the feedback and getting a call from you that we can play in the in the show is really special and it means a lot to us and I think especially in this podcast where we're you know we're we're looking to show people about how eureka how the community feels about eureka it really helps uh to get your input uh to to show the community spirit beyond just us so if you have a little time if you're listening and you have a few minutes and you uh and you want to call just give us a call 214-296-9229 uh, it's 214-296-9229 and there is now an option for extension 705 Woo-hoo! That's right. Woo, we have our own extension now. So, yeah, you can <laughs> you can use that <laughs> extension 705. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and uh and we'll get that. So, we appreciate it and and of course the forum as well. Um each each podcast has a thread in the forum. Uh so you can go there and you There's can There's a lot of discussion going on there other than the podcast too. So, there's Oh yeah. Oh my! <laughs> there's, there's a fantastic amount of stuff. And if you don't want to register for the forum, you can also uh, comment on it straight from uh, galacticwatercooler.com. If you go to the uh, podcast listing for the specific podcast, you can comment on it on the blog. So lots of ways to uh, show your community spirit and get involved. Yeah, and uh, again, if you're not following them on Twitter, it's always fun to follow um, at Eureka Writers. Oh yeah, um, at Colin Ferg, uh, Colin yeah. with one L, F-E-R-G, um, at Bergopolis, yep. which is Amy Berg, uh, B-E-R-G-opolis. And uh, and then from there, you know, Neil Grayston, his full name is on. And uh, a lot of the people are on. Erica Chera is on, uh, although her name is spelled differently. Um, but of you course, can, Felicia Day and, Felicia and Will, Day, Will Wheaton. Wheaton yeah. yeah, and it's a lot of fun uh, when you can Actually, Will Wheaton put some uh, some clips from Dragon Con up on uh, YouTube as well. Nice. That yeah, is awesome. Nice. So, all right. Thank you for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week. From everyone here at Save Eureka and GWC, thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch Eureka or other fun shows with some of the friendliest people in geekdom, visit us at galacticwatercooler.com. We'd love to hear from you as well. If you have something to add to the show, give us a call at 214-296-9229. That's 214-296-9229. And follow the instructions there to leave us a message for inclusion in a future podcast. Financial support from listeners like you keep all GWC podcasts on the net each week. To find out how to donate, visit galacticwatercooler.com slash donate. Do, 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 do.